I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. So good. Awesome. Today we are chatting about Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Well, reading. I went ahead and read the second book in the Jennifer Armand Trout series that we read the first book for last week. Yes. So last week we read uh, From Blood and Ash, From Noun and Noun. <laughs> from Noun and Noun. And Noun and Noun. And <laughs> Noun and Noun. Um, and I read A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. And I'm starting yes. book three right now, um, which is, actually, it's something about queens. I can't remember. Something about queens. Um, oh, queen of bones. Something about bones. White bones or something. I don't know. <laughs> you guys you guys know what, you, you know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read all three of those books, and then I'm going to read the fourth one. And then when the fifth and sixth ones come out, because I won't remember any of this, I'll probably just have to read a synopsis of the story somewhere because I'm not going to reread these 700-page books. So there you go. There you go. Um, I started listening to Seatmate by Cara Bastone. Um, somebody on the Facebook group recommended it. I've listened to some Cara Bastone um, previously on Audible. Here's the thing with... Um, not all of her books, I know, but, um, a lot of these that she's been doing recently are not even audiobooks. They're more audio plays. There's not any, um, narrative really. It's just dialogue and it's just kind of presented as like, it's got sound effects and all these kinds of things. And it's just a little movie without visuals. It's like an old radio show. Yes. But a romance novel. Yes. And, um... I've enjoyed the previous ones, and I'm enjoying this one so far. Um, they're, you know, little bus mates between Boston and New York, and, you know, they're starting to maybe catch some feelings, I think. Um, I'm not very far because I didn't do too much commuting this week, um, but uh, I'm I'm liking it so far, and... I, you know, liked the other one, so I'm assuming I will continue to do so. Um, watching? What have we been watching, Ellen? We have watched an awful lot of murder shows. <laughs> um, one in, in particular called Murder Tapes on Discovery Plus, um, because I got a Discovery Plus con uh, subscription. So, so we, we could watch all so the murder shows. have murder shows. Um, and because... My dad's been gone for a lot of this week, yeah. Um, and it's been my spring break, and here's the deal, you guys. I worked on Monday and Tuesday of my spring break, and then on Friday, I had to take this big 
teacher test um, called the Rika, which is all about reading and writing or teaching that. Um, and uh, so I spent all of Wednesday and Thursday studying for that. And then I didn't want to do that anymore when I finished and took the test. <laughs> so she took the test Friday morning and came home Friday afternoon. And I said, Ellen, we can do whatever you want. You choose. We can go out to dinner. We can go out. We can do a movie. Anything you want. What do you want to do? And she was quiet for a while. And I said, do you just want to get takeout and watch murder shows? And she says, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so that's so exactly t- how that went down. I'm so tired. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so we watched we watched a lot of that. Um, and that's, you know, what we do anyways when dad is gone. Yes. And then, but we just really took it up, you know, to the next level. Um, so we did that. Um, I will say also prior to taking the test on Thursday night, um, fun thing. We went and, uh, went to a show of John Mulaney's. He was in town and, um, it was a lot of fun. Um, a little bit edgier than his previous shows have been because it was all about his rehab and intervention. Um, I got a t-shirt that says, I saw him right after he got out of rehab. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and I'm very happy with that <laughs> choice. And, uh, but <coughs> we went downtown to the big arena. It's, yeah. we just haven't been to a big show like that in a long time. Yeah, it was, it was to, nice. Due to the vid. And, due to the vid. And, uh, yeah, it was fun to go sit in a big arena full of people and listen to comics and laugh and laugh. laugh. Oh, how we laughed. Oh, we laughed. <laughs> um, on a much edgier dark note. Um, if this is at all your thing and you know, I'm totally here for it if it is not because it was pretty rough. Um, I watched a new documentary on Netflix called, uh, Jimmy Savile British horror story. I think is what it's called. Um, and, um, definitely not everybody's cup of tea, but I did find it very interesting, um, especially because I watch a lot of British TV, so, um, it was, and it was not a story I was familiar with at all. Um, this guy who was a British presenter in the 70s and 80s and, like, really a big deal from all accounts from what I understand, um, and... It just, after he died, it all these stories came out, and it turns out that he, like, spent his entire life and career um, molesting and doing worse to children and women and all sorts of things. And, um... But he was friends with, like, Lady Diana and Prince Charles yeah. and Margaret Thatcher. And... Yeah, and so he was just a very powerful, intimidating guy to go up against... Um, and it seems like there were people that tried to come out and, you know, he had friends in high places who would just kind of brush stuff under the, under the carpet for him. And Shame on them. Yeah, it was, um, so very interesting. I thought the documentary was well done, but it's definitely a, a tough watch. Uh, I will say that. Um, but yeah, so that's been our week. Big test. Lots of murder shows. And John Mulaney. <laughs> and then what's s- not to love? Some books thrown in there. Some books. 
Um, okay, so today we are chatting about Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon. It is a standalone novel that came out this past January. Um, we have previously read and enjoyed um, her book, The X Talk. Um, so here is the back cover description for Weather Girl. Ari Abrams has always been fascinated by the weather, and she loves almost everything about her job as a TV meteorologist. Her boss, legendary Seattle weatherwoman Torrance Hale, is too distracted by her tempestuous relationship with her ex-husband, the station's news director, to give Ari the mentorship she wants. Ari, who runs on sunshine and optimism, is at her wit's end. The only person who seems to understand how she feels is sweet but reserved sports reporter Russell Berenger. In the aftermath of a disastrous holiday party, Ari and Russell decide, decide to team up to solve their boss's relationship issues. Between secret gifts and gifts and double dates, they start nudging their bosses back together, but their well-meaning meddling backfires when the real chemistry builds between Ari and Russell. Working closely with Russell means allowing him to get to know parts of herself that Ari keeps hidden from everyone. Will he be able to embrace her dark clouds as well as her clear skies? Mom. Ellen. <clears throat> what did you think of Weather Girl? I'm going to give Weather Girl a really liked. Because yeah. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. And then I didn't love it for a bit. Yeah, that's me too. I'm a really liked, I would say, even loved the large portion of this book. Agreed. Agreed. And then I got irritated. Yes. Um, like <laughs> uh, but there's aspects of this book that I really loved that I'm sure we'll talk about as we go along. Yeah. And then I'm sure when we get to the conflict, I guess. We, um, yeah, definitely the conflict. <laughs> well, but I, is it really a conflict? I guess it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, it's a uh, conflict for me. <laughs> it's a conflict. I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll discuss all those things. Yes, but we will. Yes, so I'm going to give it a really, really liked. Yes, me too. Um, there's, uh, I wouldn't, so this is pitched as a rom-com. Um, there's funny stuff in it. Yeah, there are some humorous lines. I did write down this one because it made me laugh. Russell Berenger just ran a thumb along my knuckles. Where will he strike next? More at 11. <laughs> That made me laugh. That did make me laugh too. There are lots of things in this that made me laugh, but the story itself is—it's got a lot of angst in it, and yeah. and I wouldn't. I, don't I mean, know. I think like the overall premise of you know, whoa, we're trying to set up our bosses who are always at each other's throats. I mean, I think that's kind of rom commy right? And then but... falling in love in the <clears throat> process, and yeah, um, but all the dealing with depression and and that kind of stuff comes across as darker and not uh not very rom-commy but yeah um yes so um so it's one of those where the cartoon cover doesn't really prepare you for necessarily for what's inside the book correct we've read worse ones but yes we have <laughs> um but that it's this because kind of... i would i mean i didn't it wasn't like it's not one that i was like oof jeez this is right rough because i mean I, she handles everything and we're going to talk about you know the mental health representation in the book um she handles it well um and it's not like too much of a slog but um it's def yeah it definitely gets a little more angsty than you would think from but i also at this point like 
I don't judge a book by its illustrated cover. <laughs> you know? Because we've been bitten too many times. Yeah. So, and I'm just kind of also understanding now that our romance books, which tend to be a lot more angsty than they let on, um, are always just going to have these illustrated covers because that's like what's on trend right now, right. I would say. That's what gets people to pick them up in the bookstore. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do we think of Ari as our heroine? Um, I really, really liked Ari until I didn't for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't think it's because of the depression that she's suffering from. That's not really what irritated me. Yeah, I yeah, we're going to talk about that as, when we talk about... Because my beef with the... My beef with the conflict, I don't think is really tied to her depression. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But, um, but for the most part, I thought she was fun. She was funny. She, um, I loved the, I loved her relationship with his daughter. I, her I mean, relationship with like her brother her and brother. her, and her brother's husband and, um, niece and nephew. And, yeah. I mean, all that. And she obviously, like, just really cares about the people that are around her and wants... She's obviously, like, a little peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. And I liked the... Um, you know, we haven't read a lot of books with a lot of Jewish influence. And I yeah. and I liked that part of the book. And... Um, Especially as it tells a story around the holidays and right. things like that. And, you know, the bat mitzvah. I don't know. Bat mitzvah. Bat. 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 <laughs> yeah. The bat mitzvah. And... Um, Anyway, I, I I really enjoyed all of that. Yeah. And um, I loved her passion for weather. Yeah, that was cute. It's not a thing that you hear about a lot. Um, and she did, she felt like a real person, you know? She's right. like this person who's really passionate about her job. She's got her family who she loves and troubled relationships with her mom. Makes cra crazy jewelry. Yeah, makes cute little jewelry. And um, so she felt like, I mean... Rachel Lynn Solomon does a good job of kind of, um, you know, because we've had other characters where I'm like, I don't know anything about this person other than the fact that X, Y, Z, you know. Right. But she felt like a fully fleshed out character, you know, as did a lot of other people in the book. Um, so she does a very good job at that kind of stuff. Um, we'll talk about more of my beef with Ari <laughs> in a bit. Um, okay. What did you think of Russell as our hero? Okay. Well, when I said there were parts of this book that I loved, Russell, Russell is what I love. <laughs> Here's what I loved about Russell, and um, I think this is why this book got recommended to us. I loved that he's just a regular guy with a regular body. Mm -hmm. It's not a chiseled abs and broad shoulders and six foot four. He's because here's the deal, ladies and men and whoever's listening. But here's the deal. If we all, if every book we read has to have chiseled abs and broad shoulders, then we're just as much to blame, much to blame for the sexism involved as if every book our men read had to have big boobs and tiny waists. And, yeah. and, um, and we've read plenty of books about girls who have body issues and, you know, are working through that. And it was really refreshing yes. to have a, a hero with 
body issues. He yeah. was self-conscious about his body. I know. Bless, I know, bless him. Bless sweet little Every heart. time, like, she rubs <laughs> up against his belly and he, like, apologized, I was like, oh. <laughs> but, um, so that, I found that extremely refreshing and endearing and bring me more of that i loved it yes so yes totally totally agree we don't always have to have chiseled abs and broad shoulders and it's still gonna be nice but yeah (laughs) and it's still i mean honestly i think that it feels kind of at this point old-fashioned and we're still doing it yeah and it's like if we're going to have progress in all of the aspects of um of romance like we have especially in terms of you know feminism and it needs to go both both ways right and um you know we're 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 getting better and i think romance is even kind of leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of areas of literature and representation and things like that but we need to make sure that we're covering our bases well and honestly all the romance books i've read this is the first time i remember having someone well i guess cletus is kind of explained a little bit as but not even like with a belly yeah it's i mean anytime it's been somebody who's not like stacked it's somebody who it's like Oh, he's a little soft. Right. But, you know, it's never like he has anything to be self-conscious of. It's just that he's a little... This is literally the first one that I've read where he's not, you know, chiseled abs and, and broad shoulders. I And I really appreciated it. Yeah. Likewise. Um, and, I mean, that's not... I mean, that's not even the only thing to love about him, right? I mean, right. he's... Oh, he's just... A sweetheart. Yeah, he's so sweet. He's so considerate of, like, you know, when they're having sex and things like that. He's, and, you know, when we get into the conflict, he's very sweet and considerate. <laughs> um, when, you know, he doesn't even have cause to be necessarily. We'll get to that. Um, I, I loved also having him as a character who had a baby at a very young age and kind of um, some of his, um, I don't want to say struggles, but, you know, he has, he's on his guard a little bit about having had a baby at a young age and also just kind of what that's done to his trajectory. Right. And the just things... some insights into his life as a teen dad and, yeah, and, uh, you know, how, how that's affected him. Yeah. And, um, I thought that that was very nice. Um, he's, yeah, he's just a sweetheart. If anything, I wanted more of Russell. Well, and him getting along with his ex and their relationship and that was cute. I mean, just, he was just really sweet. Yeah. And he was a sweet little dad and. Yeah. Bless his, I mean, yeah. I think he's in contention for book boyfriend with belly and all. Yeah. He was, um, no, especially because of the belly. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I loved him and yes, we need to like, we need to put a call out there to romance Landia that we need to have kind of more of this. Yeah. It doesn't need to be every book. I'm not saying that, but we need to have, you know, for every, I don't know. If we're going to have. A diverse representation in our heroines. We also need to have diverse representation in our heroes. Yeah. And I don't see that. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it. Like, we need to have, if if we're going to be fair, 
you know, we need to make these heroes represent more of like what our boyfriends and husbands and yeah, you know, whatever look like, you know. But my husband has chiseled abs and brush. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Uh, he does. <laughs> it's under there somewhere. <laughs> Bless his sweetheart. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, no, I really loved Russell. He is, like, honestly probably the thing that I love the most about this book. Um, so, do you think slash wish this book was a dual POV? I was thinking about that. I think it could detract from, because this is obviously our term, a romance. Um, it's very, to use the antiquated term, women's fiction, um, where yeah. she... No one uses that term anymore. No. Everyone uses romance. Yeah. <laughs> we do here. Okay. Um, and, I mean, this is obviously about her journey and her betterment. I think if this was not a romance... It would be, and it, she wanted to make it more of a by-the-book romance, right. she would have made it dual POV. I, I wouldn't have hated a dual POV in this one. Because um, there's, there's no, not any revelation. Yeah, there's no anything. surprises they're trying to hide from us. Because um, it's like, yeah, girl, he's into you too. Come on. And I think it really would have helped um, us to know what he's thinking because there's a couple times when he says the wrong thing and then he feels bad about it and has to apologize. And it would have been kind of nice to, to know what he was thinking and why, you know. We hear, yeah. he explains it to her later, always. Yeah. But, you know. I also, like, when we get into that conflict stuff, I wanted to know what he was <laughs> thinking yeah. of that situation. And, um, I don't know, just like I said, because I loved him so much, I was like, oh, I kind of, like, I just wanted to spend more time with him and, yeah. um figure out more about him. And it would have broken up, because sometimes I got a little tired of being in, in her head. Yeah. It would have broken that up some. Yeah. Especially um, when I was irritated with her. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What did you think of the parent trap, set it up, plot, um, and what did you think of Seth and Torrance's arc overall? Um, I really... I thought it was a fun setup for a romance novel. I thought it was, I loved all the references to, um, I don't think Haley Mills got enough of a shout out in The Parent Trap. <laughs> well, mom, think about their age. Like... I don't care about the age. <laughs> I think it needs to be, it needs to be out there that Lindsay Lohan was not the first one to do a parent okay, trap. <laughs> nobody's saying she was. Did she do it better? Well, and then Elodie's like, well, there's not enough music in it. Get the Haley Mills one out. <laughs> Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> There is music in that one, baby. Um, we. <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought it was a fun setup. I liked that, and I liked their reverse yeah. parent trapping them. And I thought that was really kind of a cute setup for a romance novel. Yeah. Um, we both kind of called, because I also called the fact that it was there was going to be a bit of a reversal. Um by that we mean, yeah, Russell and and um, Ari, Ari are trying to set up Seth and Torrance again. Seth and Torrance, because they want them to get together to make a less toxic work environment. Which, by the way, it was a very toxic work environment. And then um, it turns out that Seth and Torrance are 
parent trapping Ari and Russell. <laughs> or at least sort of. Sort of. Yeah, like barely nudging them. <laughs> we'll get into that more. But um, anyway. Yeah. So it turns out they were both trying to kind of set each other up. So I had ups and downs with um, the Seth and Torrance plot. I didn't buy, I don't know, maybe this is, I didn't buy that their drama was really this big of a, like, buzzkill in the office. First of all, I think if your bosses were going at it like this, and I don't mean in the sexy way, um, although later in the sexy way, but when they're, I feel like in the, I don't know, I just think of, like, workplaces I've been in where, like, stuff like this has sort of happened, like, you would just use it as drama fodder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I can see um, that they were so focused on their stuff that, stuff they, weren't... that, that they weren't really being very good bosses. Yeah. Um. So I, I can see where that would be. But also kind like, so this is also some of my problem with um, Ari. I think she was looking to Torrance too much to be like a mother figure yeah. to her. And, and I'm like, honey, that's just not, like, what you're supposed to get out of a boss. Yes. Like, very seriously. It's almost kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're trying to go for. But, I mean. I'm, I didn't. I bought that they became friends. I mean. I, yeah. I supported that. And I liked that. And that's and that's where, that was an up for me. Is, like, when, when they start being, like, real people and not just, like, these, like, archetypes of bosses who are yelling at each other all the time. Yeah. And when you start to, like follow their plot to falling back in love. I was like, I was here for that. And I really liked, I liked them by the end of the book. Right. Um, and I did think it was kind of weird that she goes to the hospital when, but when I the think, baby's born. Yeah. Or that Torrance wanted her there. That yeah. just seemed like some, a weird ask of yeah. someone that she, you know, kind of knew from work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, but I did like, I did like them and I liked seeing them fall back in love too. I thought that was yes. also sweet. Um, yeah, so that's what I'll have to say about that for now. Um, what did you think of the mental health representation of the book? Well, um, I, I like reading about stuff like that. It's not something that I have suffered from. So I try, I try not to be too judgmental. Uh Um, and, uh. So that's why when we get to the conflict, I don't think what bugged me about the conflict had anything to do with her mental health, really, yeah. except for maybe some of the things that her therapist brought out. But I think that I think I think that her it's more her family history that has to do with her conflict and not her depression. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about it. But um. <laughs> but um, no, I, I'm 100 percent behind you know, get help if you need it. Yeah. Don't. And and I'm, and I'm glad that like they, they, sh- she shows her having a very healthy approach to right. handling her depression and that it's, we're not like in the midst of it with her. And I do like that her mom points out that, you know, her mom for years didn't want to be medicated, mm-hmm. but that her mom points out that the drugs now are better than they used to be. Yeah. And I would a hundred percent agree with that. I know as a teacher, I dealt with a lot of kids who, you know, had ADD and ADHD and, um, you know, some parents who really wanted to medicate and some parents who really didn't. I even think I have a son that maybe had some AD, ADD, not ADHD, but ADD. And, um, 
Not I, to name names, but he's been on the show. But both, been, both, of them. Well, both, both of them been on the show. So. <laughs> but um, I did not want to medicate him. If yeah. it got to the point where I thought it was going to like, be hard for him in life, I would have done it. But um, I didn't want to it to affect his personality in any way. So that was my fear. Um, and I've dealt with parents on both sides of the spectrum who like were really pushing for medication and parents who absolutely didn't want medication. So, you know, I get that argument and I get where her mom was coming from, but if, but if something was that hard on my children, I think I would have done whatever I could to have fixed that. Yeah. And I don't, you know, no judgment. I I think she was in a place though, where she didn't recognize the effect that it was having on her children. I agree with that. Um, and I did, I really liked, so obviously like. I thought the the representation of her really healthy approach to her depression, except for in her relationships. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, I liked having that representation and then also her mom's representation of been has been struggling with it all her life and then starts to go down the path of, of bettering her situation. And um, I also really liked the conversation between, like, the development of their relationship and um, kind of getting them on a path to healing for lack of a less cheesy word. Yes. Um, but, uh, and that conversation that they have where, you know, she's, she asks her mom, like, why, were we not good enough of a reason? Like, why now? And, um, and so I just, I, I liked that stuff. And, um, you know, she, it's a thing that she, like, hasn't talked about in her relationships, um, but I think that's, that was not the way. To, yeah, yeah. That was not the way to go, um, and, uh, yeah, like, you, you just really have, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking somewhat from experience, but, um, you just have to like cards on the table with that stuff because um it's not gonna work if you're not cards on the table um and i you know mom hasn't and and cards on the table and then give them a chance to work with you on it because that was where she was lacking yeah i I mean in this particular relationship because i think she kind of had her cards on the table but didn't even give him a chance to work with her on it yeah um so mom hasn't, but, um, I've had, <laughs> I call them stints of depression. Um, I had, I went on antidepressants if I think, I think it's like, I was thinking about it. It seems like it's a much more common thing that happens in that kind of, um, late teens, early twenties. Um, just like when, era. when your body chemistry is just all out of freaking whack because it's like, you know, adjusting to being an adult. Um, but, um, so I've had, I've had stints. (laughs) This is, this is a funny slash sad story, but, um, I went to, so my, my college had, um, like an on-campus hospital or medical center, I guess is a more appropriate term. And, um, and that's where I went to, um, talk to somebody about, about it and, um, they, I guess, <laughs> wrote down all these notes about, um, about me. And I'm, I'm sure this is just common protocol, right? Um, but later I was going for, I was there for something like completely different and they left up these notes on the computer <laughs> and I, 
And of course, like, I can see, like, these notes about me. I want to read them. And and it was really close because it was, like, a small room. So I didn't even have to, like, go over to the computer. I could just look over and read them. And um, it was terrible. It was, like, um, she's overweight. Her nail polish is chipped. Um, is that a thing? Because well, maybe I do have depression. And, and it was, um, like, her hair color had been grown, like, is a little bit grown out. So it's all this. <laughs> and it's, you know, I think that they're documenting that because it shows. You're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. It shows, like, a, you know, some evidence of not taking care of myself. But I was just like, damn. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> Now, anytime my nail polish is chipped or my hair is colored, I'm like, they're going to think I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so that's my funny slash sad story about. Um, and then, you know, uh, on, honestly, like, a big part of um, why I moved back home during COVID was because now that I've... I mean, I'm not going to, like, therapy. Although sometimes I think, like, it's probably good for... You every... me. I'll tell you what's wrong yeah. with you. You're such, a, you're such a good emotional sounding board. Bring it on. I'll tell you what's wrong. <laughs> um, but, um, and I'm not on depress- antidepressants anymore. Honestly, when I was on antidepressants, I lost so much weight. And I was like... I think that they just gave me a diet pill, and that just made me feel better about myself. Well, she's overweight. And that, so here's chip fa- nail polish. So here's diet pills and a manicure. <laughs> and a manicure's number. Go take care of yourself, girl. Um, but uh, where was I going? Oh, so a big part of why I moved back during COVID was um, because since going through that experience, I've been more cognizant of well you see when you're headed in that direction yeah um just when I start to kind of plateau emotionally um and I recognized that I was starting you know because I had just broken up with somebody it was COVID so I was trapped in my house and all this stuff was going on so I was just like uh, I just need to go home and be yeah, by my family. Miss your mom because that was the best. That wasn't it. <laughs> what? That had nothing to do with <laughs> rude. Um. Anyway, so <clears throat> all that to say, um, I I thought that the I thought that all of the talk about mental health was good. Um, and like I said, I think she does it, and I think it's because we're not in. <laughs> for lack of a better word, the dregs of it with her. She's taking care of herself. She's going to therapy. So she has a very healthy approach to it. I think if it was, if we were reading her mom's story, it would be like a much rougher read. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, um, so I think that that helped make it an easier read that's still about tough things. She'd pretty much been through the harder times, like when she was in high school and college it sounded like yeah and then got into therapy and got the medication and yeah and was uh was handling it and I thought that that was good and um yeah okay let's do it and I think there's a lot of people out there who are in that situation and I think we're just for sure unaware of people going through that no for no for sure and I um and 
you know, I'm always very, I don't go to therapy anymore, but I'm very pro therapy. I'm very pro taking care of it. Yeah. Get finding a medication and that's can be a tough process in and of itself, but, um, finding a medication that helps you lose weight and, um, <laughs> makes you feel better about yourself. It gives you a, a manicure <laughs> gift card. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But also not really. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Let's do it. Let's talk about the conflict. Okay. Um, so this is where it all kind of falls apart but a bit for me. And I was really disappointed because I, I was like, this book is doing really good. I'm really liking it. I'm I'm on a love trajectory. I'm on board with all this. Um, and then this happens. And then this happens. Um, so what happens is, um, so they've both been kind of cross parent trapping each other. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Seth and Torrance find out via a leaked email in a way that they were parent trapping them and they're like, oh, you think it's going to be this big moment because they like pull them into the office and, and, um, and then they both just start laughing. They're like, it's hilarious because we were also trying to set you guys up saying that to Ari and uh, Russell. <clears throat> and then they leave the room, Russell and Ari, and Ari gets really upset and she's like, um, how are we, what are we, how is this going to work? Like, did we even, would we even have gotten together? Would we... Without them nudging us in that direction, maybe our relationship is all based on them nudging us. And what are we going to be like when we don't have these people who are trying to push us together? Are we even going to work? And then she basically breaks up with him. Well, and she's all pissed off that they did exactly the same thing. Okay, if anything, they didn't, they did barely any, like, Seth and Torrance did barely anything to them. Yeah. They were doing way more, like, deceptive, devious things to Seth and Torrance. Which weren't and, even that deceptive. No, but. they weren't. And I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with either of, of, either of what they were doing. But, I mean, you know, Russell and Ari were, like, sending plants that were maybe so, supposed to be Without from, a card. Yeah. And, and they were doing stuff like that. All Seth and Torrance <laughs> were doing was being like, hey, you should go take her to... The hospital when she broke her arm. Or you should go drive her home. Or... I mean, that is it. Yes. That's it. Not to mention the fact that she obviously had feelings for him before, and he's already told her that he had feelings for her before any of this even started. I mean, he basically tells her that he had feelings for her when she was still in a rela- Like, he was interested in her when she was, like, still in a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, and she's even, when they very first kind of start coming up with this plan... So well before Seth and Torrance have even started getting involved. She's sitting there chatting with him and thinking about how cute he is and what a nice guy he is. And so he's, she's obviously like interested in him even before any of this even starts. And when they start having the argument, not even an argument because it's basically just her being like, no, I can't do this. Um, but she says, um, you know, he says, she says, do you think we would even be together? And he's like, yeah, I think we would have found our way there. Maybe it would have happened differently, but I think we, I, I told you I was interested in you and it just was a matter of me like getting up the nerve and, um, I don't know. And then, 
So it would be one thing if she, like, got home after that conversation and was like, what did I just do? Like, that was ridiculous of me. Or even, you know, or, you know, let her go through her dark, because she has, the next day she has kind of a meltdown and, and has yeah. a, one of her dark days, which I get happens. And, and um, so, you know, like, a couple days later, <coughs> when she's back in the swing of things, for her... But no, this goes on for weeks. Yeah. Like, when the next chapter starts and it's like, you know, I'm at work with him and it's been a couple weeks. I'm like, honey, Trying to avoid him. I've had to avoid him for all this time. It's like, oh my gosh. What is the matter with you? Because like we said, I I need to make this very clear. I don't think this is tied to her depression. I think this is tied to her insecurities that have come about because of maybe her mom's depression and well, like things that her mom has said to her. And she goes to her therapist and her therapist is like, well, what about him and his insecurities and his, you're only thinking about yourself and your own insecurities. And, and I your own thought problems. that after therapy, she would be like, you know what? She's right. Like, what the hell am I doing? But even then she still takes like another couple weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, come on. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was rough. And, um, and I get, I guess maybe they wanted her to go through these steps of figuring it out. But if she came to me as him a month or more later, and she's like, oh, I made a big mistake. I want to get back to you. If I was him, I'd be like, look, I got a daughter. I can't just have you flittering in and out of this relationship. I, I need to know that you're in it. Yeah. I mean, I would have been a little harsher with her than he was because I would be, you know, it's not just me. There's, yeah. I've got stuff that well, comes especially with because they have that that situation where kind of off the cuff he says I'm not looking for a stepmom for my daughter and when he said that I was kind of team her where I'm like yeah. dude come on that's, like that's rough well then what the hell are we doing yeah like, if you're not if that's even if they're not that far along in the relationship still that's kind of a rough thing to say yeah and and they have this conversation about it and you know she's like I'm I'm in it like and then you know like a few days later, this whole thing happens. And that's where I'd be like, I thought you were in it. And so, like, if I'm going to be putting you in my daughter's life, I need to know that, like, this is not going to be a thing. And I'm totally with you on that. Because um, I think that it at least should have been a comment that was made. Yeah. That, like, you know. Just for him to say, <clears throat> oh, and I'm sorry because I, you know, didn't handle it the best way. It's like, dude, you have every right in the world to say, I can't do this if and you're not in it 100%. Correct. I need to know you. I mean, there were things that he said in that in that conversation where I was like, but still, it like, because he says, you know. Um, you're not being you. Yeah, he says, you're not being yourself right now. And she's like, I am. I am being myself. And it's like, I don't know. But it's like, you are, but you're not. Like, this is not. Right. Like, this is not how you typically when you're. And not that I have to have the sunshine all the time, but I need to have, like, common sense, at least, involved. Well, and it's... Okay. Because, yes, people are going to get like that. And I I get that this kind of irrational self-sabotage is a thing that people do, but it's not easy to read. And it's... um, And I would say... Because, really, what should have happened is she should have... She should have had that blow up, and he would have been like... Okay, I sh- I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have phrased it that way. Um, you know, I can recognize that this is a th- a thing. This is a like road that you're gonna go down sometimes. But we need to be able to talk about it 
after the after the fact. Yeah. And not have you just run away after you've after you know you've shown me that side of you. And I it was just <laughs> that part of the book was just rough to read because I was just like, come on, girl. Yeah. And um. I, I mean, because he, he'd given every indication that he was willing to work through anything she needed him to work through. Yeah. And he was just super sweet about everything, and she just didn't even give him a chance. I mean, there yeah. was not even remotely a chance that she gave him to even try to... I mean, he makes one comment that she reads completely wrong, and then she's out. Yeah. For weeks. And I, and again, I know we've talked about this, but it's just based on nothing. Like Seth and Torrance didn't do, I mean, yeah, Seth and Torrance didn't do anything. Like they did barely any, like they did the, I mean, we've all had situations where you're like dating someone or whatever, or you're interested in someone and your friends kind of push things. Why don't you guys go get the ice for the party? You know, I mean, literally my entire relationship, my entire last relationship was that. Yeah. And I feel bad about it. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, that's just how things work sometimes. And it's like, (laughs) and her just saying like, how, how is this relationship going to last without those barriers? It's like, that's just the, that's just getting you off the ground. Like, that's yeah. that's common. That's a thing. And I don't you know. guys already have expressed know that you have feelings for each other, and to just walk away from that because you think it was all fabricated by someone else. I don't. I don't get it. It was very strange. It was very strange. It was a very strange, out of absolutely nowhere yeah. situation. Yeah. I mean, so that's because I was like, okay, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm like, this. It better not freaking screw it up. Better not, Ari. 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 <laughs> Because <laughs> you knew something was going to happen because um, there was a lot of setup for her having some sort of, you know, backtrack. And, um, <sighs> yeah. And, again, stressing. I don't even think it was really tied to her depression. Because yeah. um, I think it's supposed to sort of be, but it's, I, it's it like I said, m- it's more tied to her insecurities. Yeah, and that, more of a... Um self-sabotage kind of thing yeah um where it's like i'm gonna hurt you before you hurt me yeah kind of thing but like out of nowhere out of nothing it was frustrating anyway so that's like my big rant of the book yeah because otherwise i loved the story up until that moment yeah um let's talk about sex baby this gets like steamier than i thought it was going to be (laughs) um (laughs) I, I liked how sweet he was with her and yeah, and he's just like I'm I'm this is gonna happen tonight so whatever we have to do to make that happen let's do it yeah and I was like you go guy yeah and um it was pretty hot and um yeah I thought yeah they were very very consenty very sweet um and but yeah they got uh. It was, it was like a little more explicit than I was expecting it to be. Well, it was, but it was handled well. And, um, and yeah, but yeah, that was, um, what was your swooniest moment? moment? Um, I would say my swooniest moment, um, I loved all the stuff with, Elodie. I really liked 
I really Elodie. Liked I think El- it's supposed to be Elodie. Elodie, like melody only. I don't know. It could be Elo- Elodie. Elodie. Anyway, think- that girl. You know that girl in the book? Elodie. <laughs> um, I liked her with her. I liked her dad with her. Um, but I know that's not really... I mean, it is funny to see it a guy be a good dad. Um, I really liked all his insecurities about his body. I yeah. That was swoony to me. And, you know, the, the fact that she didn't care and, you know, had to... All of that was really well handled, too, like, in the sex scenes. Yeah. Um, and just where she's like, you're hot. I want I want to... want to, all of that. I want that. Feel. See how much I want that? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, you do. And she's like, yeah, I do. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> so I think that was probably my swooniest moment was um, just the, the times when he was insecure about his body. And she's just like, dude, I'm here for it. Um, mine, I think I'm going to go with um, him helping her change. Oh, that was good. And then, like, also kind of the conversations about it after the fact. Yeah, where he's like, can you hug me? I had to back up because <laughs> I was going to really embarrass myself. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked I liked that part. Um, mainly just because it was, like, the first physical stuff that we were starting to get, sort of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked that. It was good. Um, okay, let's hear from some of you on what you guys thought of this book. Maida says, oh, oh, wait, hold on, no, first, before Maida. Um, we have an audio recording sent to us by Kendra, um, and I'm pulling up my email right now so I can make sure. Yeah, it's Kendra. Um, and we are going to hear from her. So let's hear from Kendra. Hi, this is Kendra. And I just have to say I adore your podcast. It always gives me a smile um, and cracks me up. So um, I enjoyed Weather Girl, but I wanted to bad, so bad to love it. I had read the X Talk, and as a very avid NPR and podcast listener, I really enjoyed that book. I think I'd call it an almost love. So I was disappointed that I didn't enjoy Weather Girl more. Fundamentally, I think it was a chemistry between Ari and Russell. The chemistry just wasn't there or it wasn't strong enough. I'm not sure, but it didn't quite... Um, gel for me. I really liked the characters and their storylines. I just needed more, more oomph. I enjoyed the shenanigans with their bosses, and I actually felt their chemistry a bit more than Ari and Russell. As somebody who struggles with depression, I very much appreciate the author talking about that in the book and exploring it. I think it's commendable. Ultimately, I give this a mildly sunny day with a few clouds. Thanks. Thanks for that, Kendra. Um, you also sent along some nice words. Thank you for that. And I love your little pun at the end, or yeah. the little review. Yeah. And um, I did like those chapter. I was just going to say, I like the chapter headings with the little weather forecasts that were cute. Yeah. Um, and I think I can sort of... I, I, I didn't feel the chemistry lacking, but I could see where it could be lacking for other readers, yes. if that makes sense. Um, but thank you for sending that in, Kendra. Um, I'm, we're happy to have you listening to the show, and I'm glad you enjoy it and find us. Amazing. And I will say, too, because <laughs> I also enjoyed that I like that the representation of people who, who struggle from depression and... Um, 
I don't want you to think that because the conflict bugged us that that's that means that we... no that's why I keep trying to stress that like I don't think it was because of her depression that like the conflict happened yeah. and why I don't know I think it's I mean they're probably tied but uh, I don't know that's I agree okay um, Maida says, I really liked this book. It felt more realistic with both of them having issues slash hesitations than other romances where the hero is totally head over heels. I liked the boss couple and that they don't turn out to be jerks. Um, their family stories were good too. While it was generally really good, I'm not sure what was missing to make it a love. Conflict. Um. <laughs> Conflict. <laughs> Uh, Gabrielle says, not my cup of tea. I just didn't feel much chemistry between the main characters. Was a DNF for me. Appreciated her stance on depression, but lacked something. So, sounds kind of like you might agree with Kendra a bit there. Um, Catherine says, the day I read this book, I learned that pickleball is the fastest growing sport for the first time. But I actually learned it three times in one day. My brother-in-law said it when we went to go play it was in this book and the New York Times posted something on Instagram about it. I haven't been given this fact before or since. It was all in that one day. (laughs) Anyway, I enjoy a Rachel Lynn Solomon book and uh, don't expect that to change. The main characters knowing each other for a while but not knowing they were both Jewish is also a factor in her book Today, Tonight, Tomorrow, one of her young adult books. Um, yeah, pi- pickleball is a thing that I've started hearing a lot more about. Like, I don't even know what it is. Our uh, Ryan goes and plays it sometimes, because of course he does. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> that still doesn't mean it makes any sense. The um, uh, I was gonna make a great comment. Now I can't remember what it was. That you were. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, move on. It'll come back to me. Okay. Cassie says, I liked this book. Russell was a sweetheart. I liked his storyline as a teen father, trying to figure out who he is as an adult apart from being someone's dad. Um, Ari was an interesting heroine. I appreciated the depiction of her struggles with depression, even though it didn't feel like a very thorough depiction of what, quote unquote, dark days can really look like for people with depression. It seemed to be a personal uh, to the author, and I value that. I really liked Ari's journey. Also, I loved the mentions of Ari's romance audiobook automatically playing when Russell was <laughs> oh in my car. We've all been there. <laughs> Overall, I thought this was a sweet and spicy at times book. Um, yeah, that was funny. And um, I had a time where my I'd been listening to a book on the way to school, and then I was um, walking a, a small group of kids to go do some testing and I had my phone in my hand and it started playing my audiobook and I was like pause 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 pause, pause, pause. <laughs> you're getting letters from parents um luckily they, it was like quiet enough that I don't think they even heard it but I was just like Ooh. um yeah especially um working in a school now I'm always much more afraid that that's gonna happen um yeah, so she make, Cassie makes the comment of she didn't feel like it was a very thorough description of what dark days can really look like. Um, but I think I I think that's where I, I mentioned that. Um, I think that's where I kind of come down on the... Um, I think it, it would have been a really angsty book. And I think it was probably more angsty than she would have wanted it to be if she really got into, like what that can really look like for some people. And the thing is, is that not everybody's like journey with depression is the same, is the same. I mean, like 
I mean, just for me personally, like when I went and talked to somebody, you know, they taught they talked to you about a lot of like, have you had suicidal thoughts and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, no, I've, I've never been there, there. <laughs> um, thank goodness. But, and I, and I know that some people have, but, and lots of people have, and that's really sad, but also that's not everybody's journey with depression. And maybe that's not Rachel and Solomon's. I won't speak for her, but, um, and so I think all forms of representation for what depression can look like are good because that's, I mean, and so I think, I think we can sometimes get in trouble when we immediately associate depression with having suicidal thoughts because, um, that's not what it looks like for everybody. And so then I think because people are like, well, I haven't wanted to kill myself, then it's like, okay, then I must not have depression. It's like, yeah. no, that's not how it works, yeah. you know, for everybody. It's like, Definitely. so anyway, that's what I'll say about that. I don't, I, you know, I'm not saying you, you are entitled to your thoughts on that, obviously, Cassie, but, um, but I think maybe she just didn't want it to get that dark. And I think if it had really gotten into like what dark, those kind of dark days can be for people, um, I think it maybe would have brought the book down more than she possibly wanted it to be. Um, Heather says, I really enjoyed this book. It's been a bit since I finished it, but I do remember really liking it. Uh, like others have said, I did really like that the author showed a book heroin with depression, even if it didn't quite go into details of her dark days. I really enjoyed the book overall and thought both hero and heroine were great. Um, agreed. Kayla says, I will say that I didn't love Weather Girl as much as the ex talk, but as someone with a boyfriend who doesn't fit the quote unquote storybook ripped masculine body type, I really appreciate her writing the hero as plus size. I enjoyed how the storyline was similar to Set It Up on Netflix, and I loved even more that the bosses were in on it. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I thought it was a fun twist, and I thought it made the story fun, and then it then the fun went away. Then it was a lot of fun. Um, Fernanda says, first and foremost, I really liked this book. To me, it is even better than Rachel and Solomon's first book, The X Talk. Um, it is the perfect mashup of the movie Set It Up and TV series The Newsroom. Oh, I didn't think about that connection. Uh, Ari and Russell are such lovable characters. This is the first romance I've read with a fat hero, and I couldn't have loved him more. He did have insecurities about his physical appearance, but it wasn't like his entire world, world revolves around it. Russell was almost too sweet to be true, um, although he did mess up a time or two. Ari's depression rep felt genuine to me, and I really appreciate the fact that she's already been on medication and in therapy for many years. My only complaint was the conflict. Yes, Renanda. <laughs> I understand that people living with depression sometimes hurt their loved ones by keeping them at a distance, but I was annoyed with Ari's refusal to face the truth about Russell's feelings towards her. Also, I hate, hate, hate... <laughs> public proposals and nothing can convince me they are a good idea. Well, I said the same thing to Ellen. I said, what I hate is when someone proposes to someone at, at someone wedding. else's wedding. That yeah. just seems so I mean, he weird got their, to me. He got their approval. Per permission. But yeah. It just takes away from their day. It, it's a weird thing yeah. to do. I, I'm also like, I'm, I mean, anybody, if anybody proposes to me, they will be very well informed that I do not want it to be a public <laughs> proposal. Um, Fernanda 
concludes, I would like to mention that I have listened to the audiobook and truly enjoyed how the narrator fully embraced all Ari's feelings. I loved that the chapters are preceded with weather forecasts that give you a heads up of what is coming in the story. One unresolved question I want to know, did Captain Craig ever text slash call Ari? I did think that. Well, here's the other thing. Speaking of things that were kind of funny in the story like that, the whole thing where she goes to her ex's house and he like hits on her and wants to have sex. Yeah. That was a whole weird, like, why did that even need to be in the book? Did that need to be in the book? I think, I mean, I think that it was there to kind of show that she was moving on. Okay. Because it's been like three months. Three months. Since she left her, since her fiance like broke up with her. So this is like a relationship. And, um... You know, when you, th- I, when I was thinking about it in hindsight, because he's not mentioned at all after that incident happens. And so I think that it's there to kind of show that she has a healthy approach and is now putting it behind her. Okay. I'll, I think. I'll give you that. I think that's why it's there. Because, I mean, if she was going to have her have been in this relationship, she, I think she wanted to show that it's like. I'm over that. Yeah. So, I think that's why that's there. Okay. I'll give you that. But the cat... I did think that the Captain Craig thing, but I think that was solely there just to instigate them... Him being jealous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> um, okay. Natalie says, I like this book. I think the author set herself a difficult task with the main conflict of this book, but I appreciated how personal it felt. I really, I usually enjoy a little more external conflict than is in this book, but I understood what the author was going for. We lived in in Ari's head so much, which led to me finding her complex and realistic, but I wish we were able to get a little more in depth with Russell, who didn't feel as dimensional. I really appreciate the author bringing in a lot of elements that we don't often see in romance novels, a fat hero, Jewish main characters, a character who has been dealing with depression for a long time, so I am excited to read more from her. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, I'm, I'm here for her as an author, because I think it's really well written, even if the conflict really pissed me off, but, um, I, I really like her writing and, you know, her still, her storytelling, I guess I'll say. Um, uh, Victoria said, this one uh, was my pick for this round of books and I really liked it. A few weeks ago, exasperated by yet another perfect, unrealistic millionaire, I asked for once to have a normal average size hero doing his best. <laughs> Enter Russell. He is a refreshing character with his struggles and insecurities, but sweet and well-rounded. No pun intended. I liked that he was described as fat, but it wasn't something the author dwelled on or made his whole character about, as I've often seen in books with plus-sized heroines. True. True. Correct. And I like the moment where, you know, he says, he calls himself fat, and she's like, you're not fat. And he's like, it's an adjective. I'm fine with (laughs) And honestly, I think, like, more of us just need to have that kind of approach to it it's like it's an adjective i'm overweight it's you know yeah. it's a thing it's you can't pretend like it's not a thing yeah um anyway victoria continues um ari was sweet and complex and the depiction of her mental health uh very real although i agree with others that there weren't wasn't too much depth into her dark days probably an editing choice yeah i yeah The author has been very vocal on her social media about her own struggles with depression, and she put a lot of herself in Ari. 
this said, I found the conflict lacking. Yes, Victoria. Um, <laughs> yes, a lot of it is based on her depression responding to it, but I don't, I didn't necessarily see how making her and Russell spend time together was such a problem. Same goes for her, their scheming to bring their bosses together. If anything, their efforts were quite predictable. One thing that bothered me here, as well as in the X-Talk, these people work in very unprofessional places. Yeah. A couple's massage with your boss, double date on a romantic cruise, it felt a bit out of place for me. Overall, I really liked this book, but it was not a love. I would agree with that. It, it helped that they were becoming friends with their bosses. I think that made it a little more realistic. Yeah. But there's a lot of books that we read that I'm like, is this really the way a work environment would be? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's aided only only by the fact that they were um, starting to become friends. But, um, yeah, the whole, the whole retreat in general, I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> That's quite the retreat. Well, yeah. yeah. It did really make me want to go get a massage, though. I'm not a massage person. I, I don't like people's not. hands on my body. <laughs> Anyone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a problem for my husband. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't relax when a stranger is rubbing their hands on me. I don't know. Does that make me weird? I w so my friends and I in college used to go to this, like, massage school. And um, it was to get, like, che cheap massages. And um, it was, it wasn't like rooms. It was like partitioned off, curtained um, stalls. And I remember being next door to my friend's stall and I just kept hearing her. It's funnier if you know her too, but it's sister-in-law's Kristen's sister. <laughs> and, um, and she just kept next and I just kept hearing her sorry I'm really ticklish <laughs> <laughs> and kept making me crack up and then my and then my masseuse kept because I kept laughing at her and he's like oh sorry you're ticklish I'm like no I'm laughing at my friend who apparently is very ticklish <laughs> um okay Kate says I loved both X Talk and Today Tonight Tomorrow by this author it was uh was so was super excited to read this one. It was a really like for me. This one is such a swoony and cozy read. I don't think I've ever read a book with plus size representation for the hero, so I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's pathetic that this is like. Well, here's the thing, and I don't mean to interrupt the middle of this, you know, comment, but. Um, but you're going to. I am. It almost gets embarrassing because because not only do they have the the heroes always always have chiseled abs and broad shoulders and. But then they go on and on about it in most of these books that we read. It's like, oh, I just, I, I touched him and I, his biceps are so hard and da, 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 da. And it's like, I mean, they, they go on and on and on about it. And it's like, okay, yeah. I like having this, this realistic representation of a yeah. man's body. Um, Kate continues. Also, like others, I enjoyed the discussion of depression and thought the metaphor of sunny versus dark was well done without being over, overkill. Agreed. Oftentimes, the ex-girlfriend slash wife is depicted as jealous or an enemy, so I appreciated that in this book, the that Russell's ex-girlfriend was fangirling over Ari. LOL. Rachel and Solomon is definitely an auto-read author for me. Um, yeah, I did really like that 
relationship and that it seems like they will be moving into like a healthy family yes environment yes. so, so it wasn't was going to be something she has to fight the rest of her life yeah um jennifer says i loved this one and liked it even more than x talk i live in seattle so i loved all the seattle references seattle seattle black tie so you can wear jeans lol <laughs> so true i liked russell a lot um and thought all the sex scenes between them were great how they communicated about what they wanted and were ready for. I didn't see the twist about them getting set up either. I actually liked that the conflict wasn't a huge misunderstanding or something dramatic and external, but arose from their vulnerabilities. Agree to disagree on that one, Jennifer. <laughs> also, sometimes a conflict that's more realistic like that suits a certain type of book, and I think it worked here. I also appreciate the diverse re representation of characters like her brother and brother-in-law's marriage, Jewish representation, plus-size representation, people of various races and cultures, and even positive representation of step-families. Liv and Perry getting along with Russell. Um, yeah, and I and I didn't feel like um, any of it was, like, tokenism here. Like, I mean, it, they were all, like, fleshed-out characters that were Definitely. that were these things. And so I appreciated that. Um, Georgina says, this was a like for me. I finished it in one day. The story was really fast-paced and always kept me hanging on what would happen next. In general, I'm not a fan of the let's intertwine the love story with their boss's relationship trope. I'm looking at you, the honey don't list. But this one wasn't that bad. I liked the emotional journey and I can't deny I shed a few tears near the end, especially the final scene with her mom. I also appreciated how the author incorporated her Jewish background into the story. I don't read a lot of novels like that and it certainly was an educating experience. I also liked the characters and how much depth she gave our protagonist. Mental health topics are sometimes difficult to explain and I think she did a good job navigating us through the character's depression, her ups and downs. You can feel the author's vulnerability through the pages and I appreciate she opened up to us like that. The reason this was not a love for me was that I needed more Russell. I was so happy to have a plus size hero in this story. Personally, I think They've been underappreciated in romance and we need more of them. Amen. But throughout the book, I struggled to grasp the connection between the protagonists. Don't get me wrong. I loved every scene he was in, but with a single POV, it's hard to know what the other one is thinking and the author needs to do a lot more show and tell so the relationship doesn't feel one-sided, especially with a guy, a shy guy like Russ. Overall, an enjoyable read and I'll be sure to finally read the X talk that has been patiently waiting in my TBR shelf. Oh, um, definitely read X talk. Yeah, we liked that one a lot. Um, yes. So obviously not the first person that's mentioned, maybe like a lack of, um, knowing where they're coming from together, uh, between. And the that's where a dual POV may have helped out some. Yeah. But I think she really wanted to focus on Ari and her, you know, what she was going through. Yeah. Shannon says, this was just a like for me. I felt this read more like a romance and that the sexy scenes were kind of off-putting given the slow burn of the story. I was pleased with the way the author attempted to depict the experience of someone living with depression. And finally, I get to read a book with a dad bod hero, which was a nice change. I just wish Russell was less beta. I like my heroes to be more assertive and motivated by their passions. Overall, I feel this would have worked better as a closed door romance. Um... I will admit to liking when they were having sex and, and he started getting bossy and she was like... Yeah, see, he, he gets a little alpha in the bedroom, so... <laughs> uh, uh, 
but yes, I can, I mean, so like I said, I was, I was a little surprised at the steam in this one because it did feel like it was going to be more of a closed door romance and then it very much wasn't. Um, so that was a little surprising to me, but as a romance reader, not shocking. <laughs> um, um, I kind of liked how it depicted having to talk her through some of the stuff and, yeah. and being there for her and not just worried about himself. And Yeah, and, and um, you know, we talk about sex scenes that actually contribute to the story, and I, I, I do think that that's the case here. Um, I mean, I think some of the details maybe don't contribute a whole lot to the story, but... Um, you know, that's, I think that's part of the depression representation is that, Well, she even says that her depression medication affects her libido. Affects her libido. And so to, um, you know, to kind of talk through. But also show that, you know, she can still get there. She can still get there. If she's worked with. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know. We, we need that kind of representation. Yeah, bless his heart. Um, Raquel says, I really liked this book, and above all, I appreciated how realistic it felt. I loved both Ari and Russell, plus the side characters. I thought the sexy scenes were surprisingly hot for the tone of the book, and it was nice for a change that both characters were somewhat self-conscious in the bedroom and that it was not perfect and mind-blowing from the very beginning. This is the second fat hero I read, and I thought it was nice how, yes, weight seems to be an issue for Russell, but it's not the issue, probably because he has other issues. (laughs) If anything, I would have liked to know if Russell ever took off his shirt or how he grew more confident with his body. He did take his shirt off. Yeah, so there's that moment where he, like, doesn't want to, but then she does take off his shirt in that because she, like, says she wants, like, skin-on-skin contact. and um. I hope authors write more books where the fat hero is the lead character or where we at least get a dual POV so we can get inside their brains. Yes. I'm in, I'm all in for books that don't tell me the same story over and over again. P.S. Thank goodness the bosses didn't turn out to be jerks. We've had too many of those lately. Yeah, that's true. Um, Ruthie says, I think this was a like for me. At some point I accepted it was more of a romance. Can I say I love how authentic it felt while simultaneously struggling with that? I admired that their dialogue wasn't always perfect. I felt like their breakup was clunky and I wasn't ever a hundred percent, hundred percent sure that he was all in until he really was maybe when he proposed. And she kind of kept saying he couldn't have her, which is definitely couldn't save her, which is definitely realistic, but sigh, sometimes I want that dash of unreality. <laughs> when he said he wasn't in the market for a stop mom, stepmom and then his apology wasn't really mind-blowing, ouch. I have to assume that's how it really should go when you've got kids, things have to be slower, but it all dragged for me after about 80%. Yep. And I guess Elodie telling Ari that he was happier going to work was this big reveal? Not really. But it was sweet that Elodie wanted them together. I just never felt some big, we can't be without each other vibe. Maybe Russ could just go on forever as he was. Again, authentic like real life. I feel like the X-Talk was closed door and this was way open. Also realistic. I liked their chemistry, but sometimes the sex felt cringy awkward to me. So again, once romance was identified and accepted, I really enjoyed the characters, the goofiness and journey of their TV station. Definitely loved Elodie and what a good dad Russell was, and Ari's reconnect with her mom felt cautiously optimistic. On the romance side, it was more of a constant soft glow than a slow burn. Um, I like that term. Um, yeah, so I think I think where you're struggling, Ruthie, is basically like where we were too. It's just, you phrased it differently, but 
the, yeah, it's just that conflict, man. Finally, we have an email from Arthur. Um, he says, last year, Rachel and Solomon made me quite happy with the X talk. Now she's written yet another Seattle set book that follows a workplace romance in the sphere of broadcast news. Uh, Weather Girl and I, for one, am giving it a love. I've never, I've seen neither The Parent Trap, both the original and the Lindsay Lohan reboot, nor set it up, but I'm feeling encouraged to watch them in the future thanks to Weather Girl. Both are great. Yeah. All are great. Yeah. Uh, this slow man's, this slow burn romance, uh, devolves, revolves around such endearing and well-rounded MCs. You've got Ari going down the road of self-discovery and coping with her depression in a way that I feel was respectfully and honestly handled. You've got Russell being the ultimate dad as he supplies us with dad jokes and takes care of Elodie. You even have Torrance and Seth to root for on the side, although Solomon is careful enough to prevent their second chance romance, as surprisingly fleshed out as it is, from overwhelming the story and diverting our attention away from Ari and Russell. One of my favorite gags in this book, which is filled with Solomon's clever prose and witty sense of humor is Ari talking about her mom's office getting a shredder shredder that plays the shredding of an electric guitar <laughs> while shredding paper. I do want that. Shredder. I do want that too. The weather reports that open up each chapter also provide some amusement as well as meshing with the distinctive meteorology backdrop. Even before they kiss, the chemistry between Ari and Russell is top notch. I especially love the patience that Russell has with Ari as he encourages her to overcome her anxiety by pleasuring herself during their first intimate scene together. I appreciate the Jewish depression and plus size rep. Typically it feels like MCs are presumed to be Catholic or Christian in romances. So it's good to have weather girl and the X top counter that assumption. However, I do wish Russell could have been visibly plus size on the cover rather than mostly hidden behind the umbrella. We've had numerous rom-com novels feature plus-size women on their covers, and I think it would only be appropriate to do the same thing for plus-size men. All in all, this was another smash hit from Solomon. I can't wait to read the arc for her upcoming YA time loop romance, See You Yesterday, which I've got waiting for me on NetGalley. Um, yeah. All, yeah. I, I agree with um, all of that. This So... Yeah, so this is where I so this is where I struggled <laughs> because I I really loved everything except yeah. for that conflict. Um, I agree. I was I was I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, I'm not loving it. But you guys know that that's always where we struggle. Um, any final thoughts from you, Mom? Uh, no. I think I've said it all. Likewise. Um, okay. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 18th, we will be taking a break week, so you will not hear from us on April 18th. Go back and listen to an old episode if you really miss us. Best of. Sure. Um, but on April 25th, oh, you guys, I'm nervous for this one. Oh, it's Neon Gods. We will be chatting about Neon Gods by Katie Roberts, which you guys have warned me is... hey <laughs> It's going to be interesting. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom.
mom. You're so welcome, Ellen. Um, and thank you, guys. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.